This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, my friends, a show with very little time for me, but lots of action and suspense as we begin with X-1 and a show that was first aired in 1955. Countdown for blast off. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, presents... X minus one... Tonight, a Ray Bradbury story, Marionettes Incorporated. By the year 1990, we should see many amazing technological advances. And yet, in many ways, life will be very much the same. A husband will stop off at a bar on his way home and perhaps unburden himself a little to a friendly bartender. That's good. Almost feel as if I could go home and face Nettie now. Wife trouble, Mr. Smith? Yeah, wife trouble, Sam. If only she'd relax a little bit. Look, you see this bruise on my lip? She kisses me. For an hour every night when I come home. Can you do anything for it? Well, I try, Sam. You can't figure them out. Well, I guess I'll go home and feed myself to the lioness. I tell you, Sam, when Nettie gets finished demonstrating how much she's missed me... I feel like a man who's been stuffed into an electronic washing machine with the dial set at rinse dry. How much do I owe you? Well, if it isn't Henry Smith. Huh? Brailing! Well, as I live and breathe, Walter Brailing, what are you doing here? We're having the night out. See, does Gloria know about this? Things have changed, Henry. I thought she kept you chained to the bedpost most of the time. Not anymore, Henry, not anymore. So you aren't divorced, are you? No, no. Gloria's home. What did you do, put sleeping powder in a coffee? Goodness, no. That, that would be highly unethical. Well, now, look, I can't believe you just walked out on her. Ten years of marriage, Henry, and I never had a night to myself. But it will be different from now on. By the way, what time is it? 
10 o'clock. I guess I'd better be going. <laughs> Scared? Don't want to crowd my luck. Oh. Although, really, there's, there's nothing to worry about. Well, I'd sure like to know how you do it, Walling. <laughs> would you really? Yes, I would. All right, Henry, since you've always been a friend of mine, I'll let you in on it. Come on, my car's outside. I'll drive you home and let you see how it's done. Well, now, that's nice of you, Walter. Oh, no, not at all. We fellas have to stick together. I don't suppose you know how Gloria and I came to be married in the first place. Uh, no, I don't. One evening, she threatened to tear off her clothing and call the police unless I married her. No. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, a bit extreme, isn't it? Gloria's a nervous girl. Oh. I bet you've had a pretty wretched time of it, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't take long for me to become the laughing stock of the neighborhood. Henpeck Brailing, they used to call me. I know that. But uh, things are changing now. <laughs> See this? What's this? A single ticket to Rio on the morning rocket. I have hotel reservations there for a month. A whole month, Henry, to have a fling. Well, won't Gloria make trouble over there? <laughs> well, that's the amazing part of it, Henry. She won't even know that I'm gone. Huh? And I'll be back in a month and no one the wiser. <laughs> you, you, you don't believe it, do you? Well, frankly, no. Just how are you going to swing it, Walter? That's the secret, Henry. I, I tell you, it is the most wonderful thing ever invented. Worth every cent I paid for it. Well, uh, what is it? I'm going to show you. Now, here's my house. You notice the lights are all out? Uh-huh. Shh, shh, shh. Now, we wait here on the front porch. Tim Morgan, you haven't gone off your rocker, have you? Shh, shh, shh. Let's see. Oh, I meow twice. That's thinking. <clears throat> meow. Meow. Now watch the window in my bedroom. It looks as if somebody's. Hey, there's a man up there. He's looking loud. Good. He, he sees me. Now he'll be down directly. Oh, well, now look. Isn't this a bit embarrassing for you, Walter? No, no, not at all. You, you find out. Here he comes. Hello, B2. Good evening, Mr. Brayley. Uh, either I'm going out of my mind or there are two of you. You never told me you had a twin brother? I don't. Look, if this fellow were in the pajamas, I couldn't tell you apart. Well, that's the secret, Henry. Uh, everything go all right, uh, B2? Uh, just fine, Mr. Brayley. Uh, I suppose my wife was in her usual good form this evening? Well, as a matter of fact, we spent the evening playing gin. No screaming, shouting, accusations? Uh, no, sir. It was a very quiet evening. Well, but this is even better than I thought. Uh, Marionettes Incorporated aims to satisfy, sir. Uh, did he say Marionettes Incorporated? That's right, Henry. But now look him over. Isn't he excellently fashioned? You, you wouldn't dream he was a robot, a marionette. No, I don't believe it. Well, it's, it's against the law, of course, to duplicate a human like this, but it's, it's well worth the opportunity. I still don't believe it. You can't tell him from a human. Well, on, only one way. Put your ear next to his chest. Huh? That's it. Now listen. 
machinery. Oh, old man, how long has this been going on? Well, I've had him a month. I, I keep him in the cellar in my toolbox. And tonight I told Gloria that I'd like to be excused for five minutes to run down to the cigar store. Huh? She agreed. I went down the cellar, took out Grayling too, and sent him back upstairs to sit with my wife till I got home. That's miraculous. Of course, Walter, it, uh, well, it doesn't seem quite ethical somehow. Oh, nonsense. Highly ethical. Hmm? I've been home all evening. I shall be home with her for the next month. In, in the meantime, another gentleman named Walter Brayling will be in Rio having the time of his life. Well, can he uh, walk around without fuel for a month? He refuels himself. Oh. Uh, he's built to do everything. Eat, drink, sleep. You'll take good care of my wife, won't you, B2? Well, your wife is rather nice. I've grown quite fond of her. <laughs> you see? Yeah, Walter, uh, well, uh, how long has this marionettes incorporated outfit been in business? Secretly for two years now. Why? Well, I wonder, uh, you suppose uh, there's a possibility that uh, I might get in touch with him? You? Hmm. But your nettie is madly in love with you. Well, I know that, but even so, uh, <laughs> just a little respite, you know, a uh, night or two once a month, huh? But she loves you dearly. Hmm. So much she can't bear me to leave her for half an hour. You know that lately she's taken to calling me up at work ten or twelve times a day, talking baby talk? Your nettie? My nettie. So now what do you say, old man? As a favor to an old buddy, huh? A fellow lodge member? Well, I, I could put you in touch with the man who makes them. Of course, uh, you'd be pledged to secrecy once you learn where he's located. Oh, well, naturally, naturally. Well, then, uh, here's his card. Marionettes Incorporated. W. Zeig, proprietor and owner. New humanoid plastic 1990 models guaranteed against wear. Our motto. No strings attached. Address the jumper shop, 43 South Wesley Drive. Mm -hmm. Mr. Zyke will take care of you. He's a charming fellow. Mm -hmm. Real craftsman. See, that's wonderful, Walt. I'll see him first thing tomorrow. Well, I better be getting home now. Uh, Nettie is probably splitting a gasket. Well, see you around, old man, after I get back from Rio. <laughs> oh, while I'm gone, you might drop around regularly, just as you always have. Uh, treat Brailing too here as if he were me. Otherwise, Gloria might be suspicious. Yes, fine, I'll do that. Oh, uh, before I go, uh, these marionettes, uh, they're safe, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, tell him, B2. Oh, guaranteed. Uh -huh. Well, that's fine. Well, good night, Walter. Good night, uh, <coughs> B2. Good night, Mr. Smith. Good night, Henry. <sighs> well, I'm glad someone else will have a chance at a little happiness and freedom. All right, Brailing 2. It's back into the cellar box for you. Come on, down the steps. That's it. It's uh, very damp down here, Mr. Brailing. Bad plumbing. Here we are. Brailing. Yeah? Uh, before you put me back into the toolbox, could we have a word? Certainly, old man. Now, this toolbox. Yes, what about it? Well, I don't like it, Mr. Brailing. Why not? Well, it's cramped. Oh. Well, I'll try to fix up something more comfortable when I get back from Rio. All right, now, before Gloria gets worried, back into the... Marionettes are made to move, not keep still. Uh, now, how, how would you like to lie in a stuffy old box most of the time? Well, I didn't realize you fellas were that sensitive. Well, you wouldn't like it at all. I, I keep running. There's no way to shut me off. I have my feelings. 
Well, a day after tomorrow, I'll be off to Rio, and you won't have to stay in the box for a whole month. You can move upstairs. But when you come back from Rio, I'll go back into the box. Mr. Tsaik didn't tell me at Marionette's Incorporated that it was possible to get a difficult specimen. Oh, well, uh, there's a lot he doesn't know about us. Look, look, look here, Beefy. This has gone far enough. I'll never get to now, Rio. Come on, come on now, into the box. And another thing. Well? Your wife. Yes, what about me? I've grown quite fond of I'm her. I'm glad that you enjoy your employment. You'll have the whole month. I'm afraid you don't quite understand, Brayden. I've fallen in love with yes, her. Yes, well, all right. You what? Well, you see, you just don't appreciate it. Maybe if you hadn't acted so meek and apologetic about everything, well, she'd have a little more respect for you as a man. You weren't supposed to behave like this, you know. I think I could be very happy if I were married to Gloria. Aren't you forgetting that you are nothing but a big, overgrown puppet? Now, careful, Brayling. I- I'm sensitive. I'm sorry. But, uh, you-, you wouldn't mind waiting here a moment, would you? I have to go upstairs and make a phone call. Uh, to who? Nobody important. I, I, um, uh, I have to call Henry Smith about something. You're lying. Now, you're going to call Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Tsai to come and, and get me. No, really, I'm, I'm not. I, I was, I was... B2, stay away. Now, stand where you are, Brayley. Now, B2, take your hand off my No, Brayley. What are you going to do? Nothing much. I'm just going to put you in the toolbox, lock it, and lose the key. Then I'll buy another ticket to Rio, and Gloria and I can have a wonderful vacation. You're insane. Oh, am I? Now, wait a minute. Hold on, B2. Don't, don't, don't be rash. Now, let's talk this over. Goodbye, Brayley. Now, B2, stop it. Don't, don't. Let's, let, let go. Get into the box, Brayley. There, there. Let me out. Let me out. Walter? Walter? Yes, Gloria? down there at this time of night. Well, nothing, lover. Uh, the pipes were knocking, and I'm just making sure the boiler hasn't exploded. Now, you go to bed, and I'll be up soon. Hurry, won't you? We had such a nice evening. I'm lonesome for you. Uh, you won't ever be lonesome again, darling. Never again. Good morning, Nettie. Good morning, darling. How are you? Have a nice time last night? I... I missed you so... Mm -hmm. Is breakfast ready? Well, aren't you going to kiss me good morning? Huh? Oh, uh, yes, I suppose so. Mm. (sighs) You're so wonderful, Henry. I... I guess I'm the luckiest person in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, here's your coffee. How would you like your eggs? Oh, uh, any way at all. But I want to please you. Look, skip the eggs this morning. But you have to eat to keep well, darling. I'm very healthy. I I have an early business appointment this morning. Oh? Yes, it's a friend of Walter Brayling's. I met Walter last night. Oh. Yes. So, uh, I'd better be off. Now, Nettie, don't look as if I were on my way to Rio or something. Well, it's just that I miss you so... I want to be with you all the time. Oh, dear, do I have to go through this every morning? I'll be back at supper. Now, there's no need to cry now, is there? No, darling. You you aren't displeased with me, are you? I try so hard to do everything just as I think you'll like it. I know, no. I, I'm, I'm not displeased. Oh, goodbye, dear. Henry. Yes? 
You forgot to kiss me goodbye. No strings attached, no strings attached. A very nice puppet with no strings attached. Let's see now. Jumbo Shop. 43 South Wesley. Well, that should be about the... Ah, here it is. Yes? Uh, Mr. Zeig? Yes? Uh, Walter Brayling recommended me. Enter. Thank you. Your name? Henry Smith, 55 Evergreen Place. Um, what can we do for you, Mr. Smith? Well, uh, Mr. Brayling showed me his marionette last night. I, uh, well, I was intrigued with the idea. Uh, not that my wife has anything like that female meat grinder he's married to, you understand, but, uh, well, I'm a man who enjoys an occasional evening with the boys, you know, without uh, complications. Naturally. Yes, so I thought, um, That I could duplicate you? Exactly. I think it might be arranged. Uh-huh. Yes, how much? Nine thousand dollars. Th- uh, oh, I, I have an inferior model at seventy-five. No, 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 no. If I go through with this, nothing is too good for Nettie. Uh, Nettie's my wife. Uh, we've been uh, putting money aside to buy a summer home in Westport. But, yeah. uh, Sometimes we must choose. Uh, yeah, yes, well, uh, perhaps I could just slip out nine thousand. Uh, it's a joint account. Uh, um, how soon could I have it? Oh, I could construct a mannequin in about two months' time. Good. Shall I consider the order play? At once. Of course, uh, you'll have to report here for a body mold, mm-hmm. color index of your hair, lips, mm-hmm. skin, etc. And I'll have to do a complete electro-emotional calibration. Uh-huh. Now, you guarantee that these models are foolproof? <laughs> as foolproof as I can make them, Mr. Smith. I've had years of training. And there's no chance of detection? None whatever. I've never had a complaint. Uh, very well, Mr. Zeig. I'll get the money from the bank and send it to you. I'm sure you won't be sorry, Mr. Smith. You'll be just as satisfied as Walter Brayling. Tell him. Yes, Mr. Smith. I'd like to cash this draft on my joint account, please. Yes, sir. $9,000, sir? That's right. Oh, I'm afraid that's impossible, Mr. Smith. Impossible? My wife and I have a good $15,000 in our account. You're mistaken, Mr. Smith. Well, I know. Here's your card, sir. You see, Mrs. Smith withdrew $10,000 recently. $10,000? Without even telling me? I remember it distinctly, Mr. Smith. She said it was for a surprise for you. Good Lord, she's bought that house in Connecticut. My birthday is next week. She... No, 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 I've got to borrow it somewhere. I've already contacted... Yes, sir. Uh, Quite a surprise for you, Mr. Smith. Yes? Oh, hello, Henry. Hello, Gloria. Is Walter home? Uh, I'd like to speak to him. He should be back soon. Will you wait? Yes, yes, I'd better. Oh, say, Henry, as long as you're here, maybe you can help me with something. What? I went downstairs to get an old suitcase a little while ago, and I heard the strangest noises near that old tool chest of Walter's. He mentioned that the boiler was acting up, and, well, I'm afraid to go down there again. I wonder if you'd take a look. What kind of noises? 
like a, a, a thumping sound. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'd better go down, Gloria. You stay up here. Should I call a plumber, do you think? No, 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 no. I'll take care of it. Well, it's right down those stairs. All right, I'll have a look. Hello? Hello in there. Oh, let me out. Let me out. Shh. Uh, just a minute. Keep quiet, for goodness sake. Let me out. I'll have to smash the lock. Now, what? Henry, thank, thank God you've come. What's the mean? I've, I've been in there all night. I, I thought I'd suffocate. He tried to kill me. He tried to murder me. Who? Which one are you? No, don't be an idiot. I'm Walter. What happened? Me too, the marionette. He stuffed me in a toolbox and left me to suffocate. What? Fortunately, I found an old file in there, managed to get an air hole through the wood. He's taking Gloria with him to Rio. Have they left yet? No, he's gone downtown for the tickets. Good. We may have time. For what? To get down to Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Zeig to stop him. You're in no condition. So don't worry about me. We can't waste any time now. Come on. Yes, but what about Gloria? I'll sneak out. Tell her that you fixed the plumbing. Tell her anything. I'll meet you outside. All right. What a fool I've been. Mm, what a fool I almost was. I went down and ordered one of those things today. Uh, Gloria. Uh, Gloria, love. Yes, darling. Did you get the tickets to Rio? Uh, right here in my wallet. Honeymoon for two under the pampas moon. Oh, Walter, it's so nice to have you like this. Oh, you like the change? I don't know what did it, but whatever it is, I'm in favor of it. I hope it's permanent. Well, I intend to see that it is. Uh, by the way, darling, do you happen to remember where that old pistol of mine is? Pistol? Yeah, I just thought, uh, since we're going to be traveling in strange countries, well, it wouldn't hurt to bring it along. Well, I, I think it's here in the sideboard. There. You know how frightened I am of these things. Well, I'll, I'll be very careful. In fact, I think I'll go down to the basement and practice. Uh, not really shooting it, of course, to, just to make sure it's in good working order. Well, now, do be careful, darling. Oh, I will. If you should hear a shot, now, don't be frightened. I may fire it into a block of wood just to test it. Perhaps I'll fire it into that old tool chest of mine. Uh, that should absorb it. Oh, speaking of that tool chest... Yeah, what about uh, it? It reminds me that Henry Smith was here. Oh? Yes, I, I heard some noises downstairs, and he went to fix the plumbing. Oh, is he still down there? No, no, he left. I really don't understand it. He seemed so anxious to see you before he went down to the cellar. And then he just left. Did he stop the noises? Well, he must have. I don't hear them. Mm, yeah, I see. What is it, dear? Well, I have to go out for a while, darling. But, Walter, we have to pack if we're leaving. Well, I'll be back soon. There's something very important I have to attend to. What is it? Well, just some personal business with Henry Smith. Now, please excuse me, darling. And don't worry. When I get back, everything will be fixed once and for all. Oh, we can enjoy the rest of our lives just as though the old Walter Brayling never existed. <laughs> Mr. Brayling and Mr. Smith. Come in, gentlemen, come in. What brings you? Mr. Zeig, you told me your marionettes were foolproof. They are. 
My personal guarantee goes with We know all one. about your personal guarantee. Except that Mr. Brayling's dummy knocked him out, yes. stuffed him in a toolbox to suffocate, and is making plans to run away with his wife. Mm. Oh, dear. Yes, well, Mr. Tsaig. Well, I, I really don't know what to say, gentlemen. What Mr. Brayling and myself would like to know, Mr. Tsaig, is exactly what are you planning to do to stop this overambitious robot? Well, of course, we shall have to recover a B2 first, and then I'll simply dismantle him. Yes, and well, he doesn't seem to want to be dismantled, Mr. Tsaig. In fact, I think that you'll have trouble catching him. Maybe I can save you the trouble, huh? gentlemen. Yeah. Me too. Look out, he's got a gun. I thought I'd find you here when I discovered the two chest empty. Now, you look, B2. Whatever you're planning, you won't get away with it. Oh, I think I will. Mr. Tsai, can't you do something? I'm afraid I can't think of anything. I'll save you the trouble because I'm going to kill the three of you. No, no you, you won't get away with it. No, no, you forget that Gloria and I will be on a plane to Rio in a few hours. All right, Mr. Tsai, you first. Now, see here, this isn't fair. I created you. I, uh, you can't, you... <laughs> You grab him. I've, I've got him. Look, quick, that hammer. Look out! Oh, well, that's the end of Brailing, too. But he, he got side, though. Yeah. Right through the... Di- hmm? Oh, jumping catfish, and he... Look at him. Look, hmm? look at Zyg. It's nothing but a mass of coils and springs, just like Brailing, too. Well, he's nothing but a marionette. He's no different. Brailing. You know what this means? This is incredible. A, a, a marionette building other marionettes? But someone must have built Mr. Zeig originally. I, I wonder if... Well, perhaps Mr. Zeig turned on whoever built him the same way Brailing 2 turned on you. At any rate, we'll never know. Oh. See, I wonder how many of these things are walking around among us. I shudder to think of that. You know, some of our best friends might be. Ooh. Yeah. Come on, we have to get out of here. But the, the police... Now, don't be a fool, Brailing. There's... There's been no crime committed here. All the police will find is two oversized puppets with the springs coming out of them. They seem so... so lifelike. Yes, I know, and they're only machinery. You've got to remember that. Yes. What, what'll I tell Gloria? Well, if I were you, Brailing, I wouldn't tell Gloria a thing. I'd simply pick up that other ticket to Rio and take her on a honeymoon, just as she's expecting. Uh, but, but what about uh, you, though, Henry? What would you going to do? Me? Well, I'm going home and give Nettie a kiss that'll singe your hair. Well, you know, when I think of what might have happened if I'd gone through with this marionette thing, it makes a fellow realize how lucky he is to be married to a decent woman. Oh, come on, let's go. Eddie? Eddie? Where are you, sweetheart? In here, darling. Oh, Oh, I've missed you today. Come here. Henry. Hmm. Oh. oh, you look tired, darling. Can I do something for you? Just tell me I'm yours to command. Oh, man's a fool to jeopardize a nice home and a loving wife like you. No, you do love me, don't you, Nettie? Oh, you know I do. Hmm. Here, let me get your slippers on. No. Oh, it feels good to sit back on the sofa and relax. Oh, you don't know what a trying day I've had. Oh, I can see you're all upset. Hmm. It's is isn't anything I've done, is it, dearest? Oh, no, no. Well, uh, in a way, something you've done is connected with it, yes. What's that, darling? Over money. Money? Now, I know you wanted to surprise me with the house, darling, but really you shouldn't have taken that money out of the bank without consulting me. Henry, I don't even know what you're talking about. Now, now, Nettie. But I don't. Now, Nettie. 
Oh, you're so upset, darling. If it's anything important, let's talk about it later. Meanwhile, why don't you just put your head on my shoulder and rest? <laughs> well, I must admit that sounds enticing. Here. Let me make you comfortable. Uh, there. Uh, now you just close your eyes. Uh, That's it. Uh, Daddy. Yes, darling? You hear something? No, darling. You sure? Like what? Like the ticking of the clock? No. Strange. I don't hear it now, but when I had my ear against your chest. Oh, no. Oh, no, she couldn't have done that to me. Not Nettie. What are you talking about? I'm talking about... No, I won't believe it. You're my Nettie, aren't you? You're real live flesh and blood. But I hear it. It's coming from you. It's coming from you. You have just heard X-1 presented by the National Broadcasting Company in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Marionettes Incorporated, written by Ray Bradbury and adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Featured in the cast were Les Damon, Dick Hamilton, Carl Swenson, Theo Getz, Arthur Cole, Bob Hastings, Freddie Chandler, and Ginger Jones. Your announcer, Fred Collins. X-1 was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production. Stay tuned for everyone's favorite English teacher, Our Miss Brooks. Time now for Eve Arden as Our Miss Brooks and the episode entitled Taxidermist. Palm Olive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden. <laughs> for many teachers, June 17th marked the last day of the regular school term. Well, this also applied to our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School. Unlike many other teachers, however, I had volunteered for summer school duty. The reason? Oh, you can put it down to any one of a number of things. Caprice, the spirit of cooperation, hunger. <laughs> Anyway, I did look forward to a week's vacation before summer school started, so last Friday morning I sat down at the table in Mrs. Davis's dinette and started to count the money I had saved during the past semester. Let's see now. Five, ten, twelve, sixteen, twenty-six. Oh, here's a fifty. That's about it. <laughs> How much money have you got for your vacation, Connie? Seventy-six cents, Mrs. Davis. <laughs> really? Where are you going? Oh, I haven't decided. They say Monte Carlo is lovely this time of year. <laughs> I wish I could let you have some assistance, Connie, but I'm very short myself. Oh, I know. 
I could let you have the rent money I charged you for the last two weeks. Would you really, Mrs. Davis? Of course I would, Connie. Then I'm sorry I didn't pay it to you. <laughs> Maybe there's some way you can earn some extra money in your spare time, Connie. I remember my brother Victor used to earn quite a bit of vacation money when he was only a boy. How, Mrs. Davis? Shoveling snow. <laughs> Shoveling snow in June? No, in Juno. He spent... <laughs> Spend most of his vacations in Alaska. Oh. Or uh, you might get some ideas out of these magazines here. They're just full of ads telling about spare time jobs. Mm, I'll see them. Mm. Herman Zuko made six dollars the first day. At what? Popping corn on his own home popper. <laughs> <laughs> They send you all the equipment, plus 50 pounds of corn, absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is mail them a deposit. How much? $245. <laughs> I guess that one won't do. No. Oh, here's one. Future Unlimited. Learn to fly in your own home. <laughs> That's no good either. My room isn't big enough. <laughs> oh, look at this one, Connie. Let's see. Be the life of the party and earn good money besides. Whose picture is that, Connie? It says, uh, Bride of the Month, Gretchen Cleek, earned $15 playing the banjo at her own wedding. <laughs> don't seem to be so many opportunities in this issue, Connie. Well, maybe I'll think of something on my way to school. Walter Denton's picking me up this morning. What's the matter with your car, Connie? I've had a little tired trouble, Mrs. Davis. Well, isn't your spare in good condition? My spare's in perfect condition. It's the other four that are shot. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Davis. Not you, Minerva. You've already had your breakfast. (laughs) The way this cat eats is a caution. She's getting fat as a horse. Good. (laughs) Maybe I can ride her to school one of these days. Now you go on into the kitchen, Minerva. Go ahead, Minerva. Yesterday's paper is under the sink with a big fat Mickey Mouse cartoon. (laughs) Oh, she's such a pretty thing. Yes, she is. Hey, wait a minute. No, I don't suppose her fur would bring much. No, I'll get it. I have long arms. Good morning, Walter. Come in. Wait. This is not a moment to be passed over lightly. This is an exquisite moment. A delicious moment. A moment to be savored and sipped like a rare old wine. Sorry, bud. We don't serve minors at this bar. (laughs) Come on 
Come in, Walter. The sun's heating up the dust in the hall. Don't you realize, Miss Brooks, that there's nothing quite as wonderful as coming face-to-face with one's teacher on one's last day of school? Oh, yes, there is, Walter. What? The moment when one's teacher turns one's back on one's pupils on the last day of school. (laughs) Yes, parting is such sweet sorrow. Well, we won't be parting for long. I volunteered to teach during the summer school term, and your marks have volunteered for you. Yes, I know. But it won't be too bad. I guess my old pal Stretch will be with me. I understand that the marks he got in his final exams weren't so hot. Uh, By the way, Miss Brooks, how do you do in English? You don't have to worry about Stretch, Walter. He made summer school with flying colors. (laughs) I was just having a cup of coffee. Would you like something to eat before we leave the house? Oh, well, I had my breakfast, Miss Brooks, but I can always nibble. Good. Come into the dinette, Walter. Morning, Mrs. Davis. Good morning, Walter. Can I fix you something? Uh, Would ham and eggs be too much trouble? That ought to make a nice nibble. (laughs) I'll fix them for you in a jiffy, Walter. What kind of bread do you want? Oh, what have you got? White, rye, and whole wheat. That'll be fine. (laughs) This kid eats like a cat. Well, Miss Brooks, how are you going to spend all of next week? Oh, I may not spend all of it, Walter. I'll probably save some. (laughs) That is, I couldn't think of going away anywhere until I recuperate. Recuperate? From what, Miss Brooks? From an ancient malady, Walter. It's called Teacher's Blight. Gosh, how long have you had that? It's just setting in. The symptoms are always the same. First, a hollow feeling in the pit of the pocketbook, followed by a general tightening of the purse strings. In a word, you're broke? In three words, yes, darn it. Now, that isn't anything to be too desperate about, Miss Brooks. Being broke isn't so bad if you've got friends. I know, Walter, but it's just as nice to be rich and have friends. Yeah, that's true, too. But let's pursue this matter further. In order to effect a cure, we must first find the cause of the ailment. Go ahead, Doctor. At present, you are without funds, correct? Correct. Hence, you must have spent what funds you possessed on something other than that which you'd like to have said funds available for now, mustn't you? (laughs) It'll take more than summer school to straighten out that sentence. Go ahead, Walter. Oh, what I mean, Miss Brooks, is that you haven't enough money for a vacation now because of the way you let it slip through your fingers earlier in the season. You're right, Walter. I could have afforded a wonderful week in the country if I hadn't frittered away all my earnings on food and rent. (laughs) Here you are, Walter. Here's some nice scrambled ham and baked eggs. (laughs) Beg pardon? It's a brand new recipe I've discovered. It's called... Ham and eggs, country style. In what country? (laughs) If you'll excuse me, Walter, I'd like to look through some more of these magazines while you're eating. I've been trying to find some way to make some money in my spare time. Oh, gosh, why didn't you say so, Miss Brooks? She just did, Walter. But there doesn't seem to be anything worthwhile. You mean you really want to work at something other than teaching, Miss Brooks? During my free time, yes. Well, then I may have just the thing for you. You see, I'm trying to raise some extra money, too, Miss Brooks, and I'd be happy to... Oh, no. Now, first, I've got to get permission from my partners. Your partners? Yeah. Stretch Snodgrass and Harriet Conklin. Oh, but I'm sure they'll be glad to have you with us. 
With you in what, Walter? Well, it's very confidential. I won't breathe a word of it, Walter. Word of honor, Mrs. Davis? Word of honor. Honestly, Miss Brooks, this thing is terrific. What thing is terrific? It's just a gold mine. Give me a map and a shovel, and I'll meet you there at midnight. <laughs> now, come on, Walter. You've had me in suspense long enough. What is this fabulous sideline I'm getting into? Well, I'd rather not say until we talk to Stretch and Harriet, but I'm going to pick them up on our way to school. They're waiting in the pet shop that Stretch's dad runs. Oh, that reminds me. I've got to feed Minerva. Say, that's right. The poor thing hasn't had a square meal in ten minutes. <laughs> I'll take care of everything, Connie. You run along with Walter. And I wish you both a lot of luck in your new enterprise. Thanks, Mrs. Davis. Well, we better be going, Miss Brooks. All right, Walter, but you'll have to give me a few minutes to fix up. After all, if we're going to the Snodgrass Pet Shop, I want to look my best. You mean when you meet your new business associates? Not entirely, Walter. There's a monkey in there who has a crush on me. <laughs> a monkey? Yes. Stretch once read him Tarzan of the Apes, and he thinks I'm Jane. <laughs> downtown with Walter Denton is always an invigorating experience. It's great practice for underwater swimming, too. At one point during our ride, I held my breath for three straight blocks. When we finally arrived at our destination, I made a mental note to send a generous contribution to the League for Frightened Pedestrians. <laughs> well, here's the pet shop, Miss Brooks. It better be. A jewelry store would look pretty silly with all those puppies in the window. Oh, aren't they cute, Walter? What's that St. Bernard doing in there? No, that's Stretch. Oh. <laughs> Come on, let's go in. Hiya, Stretch. It's me. Oh, hi, Walter. Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Hello, Stretch. Where's your dad? Well, he'll be down later. I opened the shop today. I was just feeding the animals. How about Harriet? She had breakfast at home. <laughs> oh, you mean where is she at? Oh, she's in back examining some of our equipment. Oh, let's go back. We've got to vote Miss Brooks into the business. No kidding. Is Miss Brooks coming in with us? Well, that depends on if she still wants to after she hears what it is. It also depends on if I'm not too old when I hear what it is. Well, it's about time you... Oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Good morning, Harriet. It was my fault Walter's late. We were discussing the possibilities of my joining your new enterprise. Our enterprise? Yes, the one that's well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Is it okay with you, Harriet? Miss Brooks will make a wonderful contact man for us. Yeah, she sure will. A swell contact man. Of course, I'll feel a little foolish in this dress. <laughs> well, I'm all for it, of course, but... Well, do you know what the business is, Miss Brooks? No. It's taxidermy. Taxidermy? Yeah. You know, where you stuff stuff. <laughs> Just any stuff. Birds and animals and things like that that people grow attached to. Well, I don't know, kid. Oh, I don't think to that... do it, Miss Brooks. My dad is furnishing all the equipment. 
He used to be in that business, you know. It's really a public service, Miss Brooks. Like when old Mr. Phillips, you know, the man who has the farm right nearby, well, one of his pet oxen died and he felt terrible till Stretch's dad fixed him up. Sure. Now the ox is still standing in his stall out in the barn and, and Mr. Phillips can run in and see him every once in a while. He's exactly like when he was alive. Without the pulling power, of course. <laughs> it's a great business, Miss Brooks. And just think, you don't have to ha- make any investment. All you need is an apron and something sharp. But you better think it over, Miss Brooks. Taxidermy may not be a dignified enough avocation for a school teacher. Well, I'm afraid Harriet's right. Besides, I wouldn't want to deplete your share of the earnings. I imagine there isn't too much money in it. Well, with the orders we've got in already, we should gross almost $100. Plus some swell leads that you could follow up as a contact man. Sure. Altogether, we'll clear about $50 a piece. Did you say $50? Sure. Stretch. Yes, Miss Brooks? Throw me an apron, an ox, and something sharp. (laughs) Although a little dubious about my new extracurricular activity, Stuffing Stuff Incorporated... I was determined to raise some extra money. I got my first opportunity as a taxidermy salesman during lunch period. Oh, excuse me, Miss Brooks, but I've got a wonderful lead for our new business. Really, Harriet? Who is it? My father. Your father? But you've got a moose head in your living room now. (laughs) You mean uh, he wants something stuffed? I happen to know that he caught a fish up at Crystal Lake yesterday, and he's entering it in his fishing club's annual contest this afternoon. Maybe you can sell him the idea of having it mounted. But why me? Why don't you sell him the idea? Because coming from me, the whole thing would seem like kid stuff to Daddy. But with you handling it, the whole project takes on waste. I guess this girdle has given up the ghost. (laughs) Look, Harriet. Your father's a pretty tough customer, and I'm not the logical contender. You shouldn't be afraid of Daddy, Miss Brooks. His bark is much worse than his bite. I don't know about that. A bite you can have cauterized. (laughs) But this is a great opportunity to get our business off to a flying start. Why, did he catch a flying fish? (laughs) Say you'll take a crack at Daddy. Well, if you'll get somebody to hold him, I'll... I mean... You think I ought to, Harriet? I'll talk to your father. Is he having lunch in the cafeteria? No, Miss Brooks. Since he went fishing yesterday, he can't stand the sight of food. So he's taken a baked apple to his office. Now, go ahead, Miss Brooks. Beard the lion in his den. All right, Harriet. I'll try to beard the lion. But I'd feel a lot better if I'd once removed a thorn from his paw. Mr. Conklin, could I see you for a moment? I suppose so, Miss Brooks. Have a seat. I'm trying to get this baked apple down. (laughs) Who won the first fall? I I heard you were a little upset lately. Yes, yes, ever since my little expedition to Crystal Lake yesterday. But it was worth it, Miss Brooks. I landed a beauty, even though the lake got pretty rough for a while there. Oh, I know the feeling, Mr. Conklin. The last time I went fishing, it got pretty choppy. I'll never forget how that boat pitched and rolled and pitched and rolled. Oh, no. 
don't mind, Miss Brooks, I wish you'd postpone the recital of your experience at sea <laughs> till I've had another go at this baked apple. Oh, of course, Mr. Conklin. What I wanted to talk to you about was that beauty you hauled in yesterday. Now, you must admit, Mr. Conklin, that there's nothing quite as unprepossessing as a dead fish. <laughs> Miss Brooks, there must be something else we can chat about. Oh, this is important, Mr. Conklin. Do you realize that I can transform into a vibrant, beautiful object what is now nothing but a cold, gray, sodden mass? How, you ask? I do not. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> My taxidermy, Mr. Conklin. Take Mr. Phillips, the farmer. Months after it passed away, Mr. Phillips could still go out to his barn and see his pet ox standing there. Well, bully for him. <laughs> now for another try at this baked apple. Mr. Conklin, I'm afraid you underestimate the importance of taxidermy. Have you any idea of what it takes to stuff an ox? Miss Brooks, would you like this baked apple? No, thanks, Mr. Conklin. I just had some stuffed peppers for lunch. Naturally. <laughs> now, what is all this nonsense about taxidermy? Well, frankly, Mr. Conklin, I'm trying to earn a little extra money in my spare time. But, Miss Brooks, taxidermy... Your fish will make a wonderful trophy, especially if it wins the contest this afternoon. But I'm not at all sure it will win the contest. It's only a 29-inch bass. Last year, it took a 32-incher to win. Well, then you should turn the fish over to us before the contest. Taxidermy will make it even larger. I'm surprised at you, Miss Brooks. Stuffing fish. You, a public educator, stooping to such... To such... Larger? <laughs> Inches larger. You'll find the speckled beauty in the cafeteria refrigerator. It's roomier than the one we have at home. Oh, thank you, Mr. Conklin. You won't be sorry. The club is meeting at my home at five sharp. You're sure you can have it there by then? Positive, Mr. Conklin. Very well. Oh, one more thing, Miss Brooks. What is it going to cost me to stuff my fish? Shall we say a fin, Mr. Conklin? <laughs> Then we're bound to run into each other. That's where this bass and I are headed. Well, here we are, Mrs. Davis. Oh, hello, Connie. I was just... Who's that with you? <laughs> this is a 29-inch bass, which is about to be preserved for Mr. Conklin and posterity. Oh, hello, Minerva. She's hungry again. But so far, I haven't given in to her. I don't like the way she stuffs herself lately. Me either. It isn't fair to us taxidermists. <laughs> uh, let me put this fish in the icebox till the kids get here, hmm? There. That ought to keep until my business associates arrive. Your business associates? Harriet, Walter, and Stretch. I'm sales manager of Stuffing Stuff Incorporated. I just put my first client in the icebox. Mr. Conklin's commissioned us to have his fish mounted. What a charming notion. 
And now, if you'll excuse me, dear, I've got some shopping to do. I was on my way out the back door when you came in. Certainly, Mrs. Davis. Oh, is it all right if we use the kitchen for a little while? Of course, dear. Just help yourself. Goodbye. Bye, Mrs. Davis. We're stuffing Mr. Conklin's bass. Hooray, hooray. <laughs> Coming. Well, here we are, Miss Brooks. Yep, here we are. Come in, boys. Where's Harriet? Well, she didn't come, Miss Brooks. She said she'd rather sit this part of the business out. It gets kind of gooky. <laughs> I think I'll sit with her. Why are you holding equipment here, Miss Brooks? Where's the subject? Back in the kitchen. Just follow me. It's a pretty good-sized fish, boys. I hope it doesn't take too long to do the job. Oh, it'll just be a few minutes, Miss Brooks. Oh, nothing to it. Old Stretch just takes out his pointy knife, and then... Uh, never mind the details, Walter. In... Uh, the fish is in the icebox here. Oh, now, that's funny. I put it right on the bottom shelf. Well, it isn't there now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Minerva. She looks like the cat that swallowed the canary. She looks like the cat that swallowed the canary that swallowed the bass. Look, Miss Brooks. Look at this skeleton over here in the corner. What's it doing out of my closet? It's all that's left of the fish. Gosh, I can't stuff a skeleton. This is simply terrible, boys. Mr. Conklin's fishing club's meeting at his home in a couple of hours. Oh, Minerva, how could you do this to me? The way you eat, you should oink instead of meowing. Meow. <laughs> well, it serves you right. Now get out of this kitchen before I paste some fins on you and put you on a board. <laughs> There's only one thing we can do. You kids will have to run down to Hersh's Market and buy the closest thing to a 29-inch bass that they've got. Oh, great, Miss Brooks. Mr. Conklin will never know the difference. I hope not. Now, hurry. Come on, Stretch. Okay, Walter. Oh, just one thing, Miss Brooks. What color fish should we ask for? Color? Ask for, I don't know, bass color, I guess. <laughs> Brooks, uh, put him on the kitchen table here, Stretch. Okay, Walter. I think the first thing to do is spray him with a bottle of sweet air. Wait a minute. He doesn't look as big as the one Mr. Conklin caught. Oh, don't worry about that, Miss Brooks. We bought a football bladder and a tire pump, too. It was Walter's idea. That's what it sounds like. Sure. We just stick the bladder in him and pump him up till he's the right size. But isn't that dangerous? Not if we're careful. Come on, Stretch. Let's get started. Okay, Walter. Flashlight. Flashlight. Hammer. Hammer. Ice pick. Smelling salt. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. The rubber bladder's in. Now start pumping. <laughs> That's enough air, Miss Brooks? Enough. If his eyes pop out any further, we'll be sued by Eddie Cantor. <laughs> and so, fellow members of the fishing club, it is with a good deal of pride that I accept this blue ribbon for my entry in the annual contest. 
If you'll just hold the fish up, Miss Brooks, I'd like to pin this ribbon right on his gleaming side. Oh, yes. Oh, but Mr. Conklin, I wouldn't advise you. Ah, there we are. In you go. <laughs> How they are, anyone? Well, the fish blew up, followed shortly afterwards by Mr. Conklin. (laughs) Thus ended the career of Constance Brooks, girl taxidermist. (laughs) However, I was still determined to find some outside source of income. So when I arrived home, I started looking through the magazines once again. Well, Tommy, have you made any vacation money as yet? No, I haven't, thanks to that hoggish cat of ours. Wait a minute. I've got it. What, Connie? The perfect business. Make violins in your own home. I'm going to start immediately. But, Connie, you haven't got any of the equipment. Oh, no? Here, Minerva. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Brought to you by Palmolive Soap, your beauty hope, and luster cream shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, written and directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, and Leonard Smith. <laughs> Liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, fun-packed adventures of an amateur detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at the same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. Stay tuned now for Life with Luigi, which follows over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with Richard Diamond, private detective, followed by The Red Skelton Show. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.